0: Thanks Romano and Bronte for uh, sharing that reading with us this morning. Today we begin, as you have heard already, a four-week series entitled Advent Ages. Brilliant. It's not my idea. It's been used before. Well, as we begin this morning, I want you just to tell God right now in your own words that you're opening your your heart to His Word, and let's do that together as we dive in. The origin of the word Advent comes from the Latin meaning arrival or coming. There's four Sundays leading up to Christmas that are in this Advent season, and typically has been a uh, a season of weeks that uh, traditional or liturgical churches have uh, engaged with. But there's there's benefit. There's there's uh, uh, advantageous things about pondering. As we think about the coming of Christ, those things that His coming brings into our lives. And there's there's three meanings um, of arrival that Christians have in mind during this season. The first is, of course, the coming of Jesus into the world as a baby God in human flesh. Uh, Second is His coming into our hearts as we surrender to Him. And the third is His future coming, when His return, when He will come, as the Bible clearly says He will, to rule and reign in the new heaven and new earth for all eternity. Now, the quirky series title, Advantageous, in in this series, we look at the four elements of the Christmas story or the four uh, advantages or better worded blessings that come into our life because Christ came. Hope, peace, joy, love. What more is needed in life? And today we look at hope. Pastor Paul Richardson from Mariner's Church in California tells the story in one of his messages to illustrate how hope or the lack thereof can influence our motivation or other aspects of our life. He said at the 2002 Winter Olympics, American Apollo Ono hoped to win his second gold medal in the 5,000-meter speed skating relay. And by the wording of that sentence and his last name, Ono, you may get an idea of what's coming during one of the turns as you've probably watched that's the the way they lean in one of the american skaters fell he got up quickly and his recovery only took a few seconds but it put the american team out of contention he observed that the american team began through the rest of the race to skate slower and slower eventually being lapped by yep the gold medal winning canadian team so great story. I mean, let's stop right there. Uh, I don't mind it at all. But Pastor Richardson asked the question, why did the team slow down? His assessment, because the hope of doing well had vanished. It's gone. Hope has always been needed. And hopelessness has always been something that people have experienced, but wow, is hope ever needed. I don't think I need to convince you. Hope is so needed in these crazy days in which we live, and I might add evil days, in addition to the normal pain and difficulty that, that life brings in a broken world. Christmas season should be filled with all this hope and joy and exciting expectations, shouldn't it? And yet for so many people, that's not the case. Matter of fact, the most depressing time of the year for many. Where feelings of hopelessness are, are often heightened. People feel like they're on the outside looking in. And everyone else is happy and enjoying life. But how can I with what's happening in my life? And wow, some of you know, Satan will work overtime to get you to continue thinking that way. And if he does, he'll successfully drain hope right out of your heart and mind and life. Don't let him, don't let him do that. We talked about his influence last Sunday. And if you missed that message, uh, listen to that. The way we use the word hope is different than how it's used in the Bible. We say things like, uh, I hope they have licorice ice cream. Now, some of you may not say it. You, I know, you either love it or you hate it. But you ever go to Tickleberries in Okanagan Falls... You've got to get licorice ice cream, or or we say, uh, you know, young 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 guys look into their future. I hope my future wife, I hope she understands that Monday nights are for football, <laughs> Monday night football. Or or we say, um, I, I hope that I get the Volkswagen minivan Lego set for Christmas. I mean, I'm not a Lego guy, but I would take that. That's awesome. That's, that's sweet. Or I hope I can eat lots at Christmas and not enter the new year with holiday handles. That's for those over 40. We use this word hope, but when we use it, we're not sure we're going to get or experience what we're expressing, we're hoping for, right? In how we most often use that word. Well, the way it's used in the Bible is different. Because this word hope in Scripture is a confident expectation. It's a statement of assurance based on God's trusted character that we can build our lives on Him as our sure foundation and that what He has promised, He will deliver. So keep that definition in mind today and certainly as you read Scripture. Hope was born. When Jesus came into the world, John put it this way in John 1.14, and the Word, a direct reference to Jesus Christ, the Word, capital W, became flesh and dwelt among us. How cool is that? He took, a, he took a big step for you when He came to this earth. And Back to the beginning of that chapter, John 1, John makes it clear exactly who this Word is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, reference really to the Father, the Trinity, and the Word, Jesus, was God. If you have problems believing that Jesus is God, like the Father is God, all you got to do is stop right there. I'm running a little behind, so I'm just sifting through here as we go. <laughs> Hoping in the midst of suffering. Let's go there. No one needs a sense of hope more than those who are in the midst of suffering, and some of you are. Some of you in this place, you've come, and you didn't feel like coming today. You're in pain. You're facing difficulties like you've never before, and hope seems to dissipate or be dissipating. Some of you engaging online, that's where you're at today. I want you to hear, please hear this message from God today. Suffering has been a part of our world since Adam and Eve chose to turn their back on God and sin against Him, which brought every type of brokenness that we see in our world today and into our lives. Some of you are walking that out right now. Some of you have been in a time of suffering for a protracted period of time, and you've got big questions that you even thought you would never wrestle with. Hope and suffering leads me to think of Romans 8, 16 to 25. And I ask you to note this passage and the other passages I'll share and, and, and read and reread. Because time prohibits us from kind of delving in the way I'd like to, especially in this passage here. I'll make a few comments as we go, but if you have your Bibles, a Bible app, I recommend you version. Get that on your phone. Bring your Bibles if you have them. Bring them to church. Open them online okay so do that now Uh, if you don't have a Bible I put four copies of the scriptures feel free to take one afterward or now if you want seriously Uh, we want to want to give you uh, a Bible and online folks uh, let us know contact us and we'll send you one verse 16 of Romans 8 for the Spirit capital S the Holy Spirit part of the Trinity of God One God, three persons, we'll talk about that later, not today, but another conversation. Anytime, let me know. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And again, here we could stop and receive all the hope we need in a truth like that, really. Yes, Life hurts sometimes. Life isn't fair in a broken world many times. But because you've surrendered your life to Christ, if you have, you're His child and you're in His family forever and He's got you. So please rest in that truth. Verse 17, and since we are His children, we are His heirs. We know that at a certain point in time, an heir receives everything that his or her parents have. Well, as, as heirs of God, we've received much at the moment we surrender our lives to Christ. But at God's appointed time, in the future, we will receive the full blessing of entrance into God's eternal dwelling. And all of the suffering will cease. The Bible says, Romans, uh, sorry, Revelation 21.4, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. What a time that will be. Skip down to verse 23, and encourage you to read the rest of that passage on your own and reflect on it. And we believers, Paul says, verse 23 of Romans 8, also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. We, uh, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And don't we? <laughs> we do. Verse 23 continues, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights and as his adopted children, including new bodies, he's promised us. There will be no more suffering in these earthly dwelling places or, 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 or a tent, as the Bible calls this physical body. Verse 24, we were given this hope when we were saved. When we trust in Christ as the forgiver and leader of our sin. If we, Paul says, if we already have something, and he brackets this, uh, at least that's the, uh, the way it appears in the uh, New Living Translation. And I like the rendering of, of these words here in that, in that translation. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Verse 24. And 25 are saying that salvation is given now, but there's an aspect of it that won't, we won't experience until we enter heaven. And so in this broken world, possessing hope requires patience and a willingness to wait. But even if there's no change that comes, hope does not need to be diminished because what God promised, He will deliver. Wisdom, when we need it. Strength. To face the difficulties as we turn to Him in complete reliance and trust. His presence with us. If we'll choose to be aware of it, even in that dark place that we may be in. And finally and ultimately the gift of eternal life that is yet to be fully realized. Same author, different letter, Paul gives us an important reminder that I think can be tough for some to get their mind around when they're in the midst of suffering, but it's still a truth that should encourage us to lean into trusting God in our suffering. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 to 18, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Paul faced trouble too. Read chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, and he lists it, all the things that he faced. But we do not lose heart, he says here. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Did you know that's possible? To face deep, deep trouble and be renewed in your faith, in your, in your relationship with Christ. It's, it's possible. And then he says, for our light and momentary troubles. How rude, Paul. You don't see what I'm going through here. <laughs> no. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In comparison, what I'm facing that is real and painful, yes, and God's heart breaks and hurts for you and wants to carry you and lift you, and in in His own divine will and timing can intervene and change that for sure, God's miraculous and able, we know that. And He's invited us to talk to Him about that too. But in comparison to what I'm facing that's bad and troublesome and painful, does not even begin to compare to what we will experience when we're with him for eternity. And so he says, so fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is, un- uh, since what is seen is temporary. Yes, it is. But what is unseen is eternal. Paul's saying that our suffering, again, in le- is light in comparison to the amazing, amazing glory of all eternity. So, so, so hold on. Keep the faith. No matter what happens. Keep the faith. If you let go of hope, you'll quit. And some have. Maybe you're almost there. If you're in in that place of of suffering that just seems to be inching you closer and closer to giving up, to quitting on God, please, please spend some time prayerfully, open-heartedly reading these passages that I'm sharing with you today. And if you haven't noted them and you missed them, touch base with me. I want to remind you of the evil origin of the thoughts of hopelessness that, that may be plaguing you. It's one way that Satan, as we talked about last week, uses to pull people away from God. Don't let him do that to you, my friend. In the midst of those thoughts that, you, that, that are a downward spiral, make the deliberate shift of, of, of making the decisive choice To place your hope in God. There is hope in the midst of painful circumstances, but it's only as we put our hope in God. If we know God's character, we'll be able to do it confidently. Like David uh, wrote about Psalm 39. Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. And then flip a couple pages, 42 verse 5. We've got this written for the last year and a half on our mirror in our our, uh, bathroom. And it's a a reminder that I need here. Psalm uh, 42, 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. He's so... Worthy of praise. Still. We need to remember that living with hope is not contingent upon seeing our situation turn around. Or, or having the trouble evaporate. As much as any one of us would want that. And, and, and want that for ourselves and for others. Our, our hope is based. And, and can, again, can God do that? Yes. Yes. And we'll pray in agreement with you for those things, of course, and we do. But our hope, though, is based on who God is and what He promises for our eternal future and the promise of His presence and strength through the current difficulty that's that's there. It's fairly easy to get our our hope misplaced. We, we, We put our hope in people, in pastors. People will let you down no matter who they are. We put our hope in the economy. Our our success. Hey, when I just get that next promotion, we put our hope in having a pain-free life. We put our hope in good health. That can dissolve quickly. Matthew 4:16, Jesus repeats words from Isaiah 9:2 in the Old Testament where the uh, Isaiah the prophet Prophesied about That's why they call him a prophet uh, He prophesied about Jesus Christ And Matthew grabs those words And uses them in chapter four, sixteen Of his reliable gospel eyewitness letter Narrative The people living in darkness Have seen a great light On those living in the land Of the shadow of death Sounds like a hopeless place, doesn't it? It's exactly what it is Without Christ, my friends it's a place of death, spiritual death that will lead to eternal death unless you rectify that situation and you can't do what Jesus did for you. And I'm pointing this way because the cross is there, not the Christmas trees. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. And, and that's a spiritual condition, again, as I just said, but on them. A light has dawned. That light is not some nebulous light as described by some new age philosophy. You know, look inside yourself and you'll see the light. No. Actually, there's no light there. It's just just a sin nature, actually. What two-year-old did you have to train to have a temper tantrum? It's just there. Right? Matthew is, is referring to that one true light, Jesus Christ, of course. The source, the only source of all hope. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. And we can feel hope rush into our hearts as those words echo down through the centuries since Isaiah first said them about the one who was and is and is to come. He's eternal and he's able. To sustain you, to lift you, to intervene And most of all to carry you safely Into eternity, into His eternal family in heaven Yeah, between now and that time We walk through some deep deep waters sometimes Between now or at that time When we fully realize his grace and and, and our our eternal salvation that we have received and has put us into a new family, again, will be be fully realized. After World War II, Viktor Frankl, an Austrian physicist and Holocaust survivor, studied the people who were in the prison camps and... Look at the differences between those who survived and those who died. And he found that in many cases, it was not the person's uh, physical health. It was not their uh, determination and grit. No, it was one thing. It was that for whatever reason, they had hope that they'd see the other side of the war. They had hope that they would see freedom again. Those who lost hope died, was his assessment. If Christmas is about anything, it's about hope. Because Jesus is hope personified. And So if you're struggling with feelings of hopelessness in your situation right now, I believe that God orchestrated circumstance so you would be here to hear this message. Or you're engaging online and you, at some point, maybe even today, you thought, well, how did I end up here? What what am I doing? God can orchestrate those things. And if you're feeling hopeless, to any degree, for any reason, God's a loving God that had you here, that had you connect in, As you are. So that he could be sure you know what he's told you in his word about hope for now and for eternity that is in Jesus Christ. If you'll surrender to him. I say it again. God delivered hope. At what we call Christmas now through jesus christ would you would you receive him today would you trust him today would you surrender your life to him today that's what he's asking because as i often say he loves you most and he knows you best so what's keeping you from taking that step of full surrender and trusting christ as the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sin I ask you to bow your heads with me. And Christians, I'm going to just ask you to pray. Those of you that know Christ, there may be someone in this room or or engaging online that is in the moment of the biggest decision of their life. And that's what it is. That's what it is. The biggest decision of your life because, because it doesn't only affect this life. It affects where you will spend eternity. That's the biblical truth. And I believe it with all of my heart. Those who are in this place, I'm going to ask you, if you want to surrender your life to Christ today, or you've wandered far from Christ, or you just, today's a day of recommitment of your life to Him, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in a moment and, and look my way, and I'm going to step in a bit past those lights, and now I can see a little better. And if you're online, you can, um, I forget the word, but there's a something button there, that's a good word, uh, that you can, you can ask for prayer, or you can indicate, or you can fill out the, the connection card digitally. That's there and just say, I prayed to receive Jesus today, to surrender my life to him. And we'd love to come alongside and, and not harass you at all, but to, to help you in any way, if we can, answer any questions, get you some resources to, to, to help you uh, grow, as we're all doing, uh, to grow your, your, your new relationship with Christ. So in this physical space, is there anyone today who would say, I want to commit my life to Christ, or today is a day. Of recommitment of my life to Jesus. Anybody at all? Just raise your hand and and look my way. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Thank you for your courage and your honesty. That is awesome. Exciting. As a matter of fact, in Luke 15, the the Gospels, it it says that when people make that decision to follow Christ, the angels in heaven rejoice. And they're rejoicing. They're, They're on a party in heaven right now. Serious. Anybody else? Father, we thank you for showing us your amazing love through sending your son Jesus and Jesus for showing your amazing love by willingly coming, knowing what you were going to face on the cross for us to pay sin's penalty for me, for each one of us. And we are so thankful. We're, we're, we're grateful. And in return, we do surrender our lives to you. Thank you, Lord. We, 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 we thank you for your, your gift of grace, your forgiveness that we don't deserve. And I pray for this lady in this room right now and, and others online maybe who are making the same decision that you would just show them the truth of who you are. Remind them of the power of the resurrection of Christ Help them to to see biblically that we have Christmas because Easter was needed. The cross and the resurrection for our eternal salvation. And you, Jesus, stepped into that. And we thank you. We trust you. We surrender to you. Thank you for the gift of hope that comes to our hearts and minds and lives because of who you are, God. And others that are going through deep, deep waters and trouble right now. I pray your strength. I pray, God, as you've invited us to, to distrust you for miraculous outcomes. Both spiritually in our hearts and lives, but even in the situation, God. Bring healing where that's needed. God, you're the great physician. You're able. So we humbly ask for your divine touch. We place our faith in you. For whatever the need is, as, as Pastor Brennan already prayed today. God, we pray your divine intervention in these difficult situations. And until that time of freedom from that comes, may hope not dissipate or diminish in the hearts and minds of people, I pray. In any one of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.